Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome inside Garage Door Sports. Your no-holds-barred weekly discussion on everything in the sporting world. For all your news on hockey, baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and more, you've come to the right place. And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back after another rather lengthy layoff. We're back with Garage Door Sports, episode number 20. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports cup phone. By Irfan Manji. How you doing, Irfan? I'm doing great, man. I, how are you? It's I'm good. While. It's been a while. We missed you the last time we had an episode, so it's really been a while for you. Yeah. But, hey, school's going well? School's going great, man. I'm yeah? about to have my proposal defense in a couple of weeks, and oh. uh, we'll go from there. God, that's scary. But good for you, yeah. man. We're proud of you. You know that. Of course, man. Um, we got a very special guest in studio today, our first uh, professional athlete coming into the uh, show, guy I used to play soccer with who turned into a, I don't know, fairly decent uh, football kicker, Gabe Ferraro, formerly of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Guelph Griffins. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm, I'm really excited to be here and uh, really excited to get started. Yeah, thanks, man. Hey, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome to. Um, to give you guys a little perspective, Gabe grew up playing soccer in Mississauga with me. It was always fun playing with and against you, I guess I should say. Um, and then he picked up football kicking, I guess, in high school? In, high school. in yeah. grade 9 is when I started kicking and kind of gave up the soccer dream around grade 11, grade 12, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> I used to play it until grade 12. At least. Yes, so I that's, did. Yeah. That's, that's the key, but uh, he... Then turned that into one of the most successful youth sports kicking careers in history. I believe you actually, up until this year, you had the field goal record for yeah. your career. 91 field goals in only four years, In right? four years, yeah. So that's just under 23 field goals a season. Yeah. In regular season only, folks. I would like to point that out. <laughs> they don't count playoffs in youth sports. Which I still don't understand why. I don't get it. <laughs> but, yeah, I was just broken this year by the Western kicker. So yes. it was uh, pretty cool. Um which, funny enough, through high school, me and Mark, the Western kicker, grew up like training together. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. I mean, him, it's yeah. a nice bloodline there that I That's guess awesome. keeps yeah. keep the record going. And then you got drafted by the uh, Rough Riders, and then you played in the CFL. Got drafted bit. by the Stampeders, actually. Oh, you got by the Stamps. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then you got moved to the Rough Riders. And then got signed by the Rough Riders this season. Attaboy. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about that, man, and getting to play for the uh, professional yeah, team. Yeah, so, I mean, getting to play in Saskatchewan. Um, first of all, play, playing in the CFL period was absolutely amazing. Um, for it to come in Saskatchewan made it even that much more special. The, the fans there were amazing. The coaching staff, the team, the facilities they have, the, everything was awesome. I couldn't, I couldn't have ended up in a better spot there. Yeah, yeah lucky. It sounds like it was pretty cool. You were telling yeah. us about the just the atmosphere of the games. Like it's just crazy. Build on that a little the, bit. Like. Yeah, the atmosphere in the games. I was saying how uh, pretty much every game was at least sold out, if not sold out, pretty close to it. Um, Everyone was there with riders gear on, yelling, screaming. Even the people up in the 500 levels were up and yelling and screaming, and they were into it uh, probably more than the team was. Um, it's pretty crazy. Even throughout the week, you see people out at stores. Anywhere, anytime you leave the house, you see someone with a rider's hat, shirt, sweater, something, and they all recognize you. They know who you are. 
and you're loved in the city there in Regina. It's amazing. Uh, it was crazy. You're saying that you could like get like an Uber, and the guy knew who you were. It's like the, fir the first week I got there, I think it was my third practice, and I got an Uber to go home. And the guy's like, "Oh, what are you doing at the stadium?" I said, "Oh, I, you know, I'm with the team." He goes, "You mind me asking your name?" I said, "I'm Gabe." You're the new kicker. Wow! Like, welcome to the team. <laughs> like right away, the guy knew who I was. That's insane. Which was, yeah, it was unreal. <laughs> so you. You obviously played in Saskatchewan for most of the season, um, but talk about your time at Guelph. Like you had one of the most successful U sports careers. That's what I said. But the time at Guelph must have been just unbelievable. It, it was awesome. I mean, uh, I got very fortunate to play with my brother there as well. He initially went there before me, uh, so my first year I got to sit behind him and kind of watch him play. And funny enough, in that year he set a record and he kicked 26 field goals in one season, which was the record at the time. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, I actually took two of the field goals that season from him, so he could have had 28. <laughs> um, but either way, he set the record, and then in my second year, I got to play, and we actually went on to win the Yates Cup that year at Western. I remember, I remember, that. I remember that game very vividly. <laughs> yes, so we, uh, in my second year, first year playing, we won the Yates Cup. Um, that was probably my best memory of university. But uh, going forward, I think as I got older, the team kind of seemed to, I guess, lean on the kicking game a little more. Um, come my fourth year, I had 40 attempts in in the eight games, and that was the season I set the record for most in uh, in a single season. I had 33 field goals in the one season. Um, yeah, and going for, it was it was an amazing place at Guelph. I mean, uh, again, the same I said at Saskatchewan. I got lucky to be at Guelph. The people that are there, the I still went and watched as many games as I could this year. I still keep in touch with a lot of guys from there. Uh, we were really like a family there. We were really close. Um, I still train with a bunch of guys from there. Um, I loved my experience at Guelph. I couldn't have ended up at a better spot. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. And I know your brother still helps out with the team. My brother's he's, still he's coaching a, there, yeah. Yeah, junior Griffins, right? Yeah, so he's actually the head coach of the summer team, the junior Griffins, and then the kicking coach with the, the university team. That's pretty So cool. kind of when he was done playing, he transitioned to being my coach, I guess, and helped me through my four years, and he's loved it that much. And we've actually started a kicking academy now through that love of kicking yeah. yeah i just saw that that's pretty it's cool been awesome um, yeah we'll definitely post that on our site if anyone is looking to get into kicking and punting and everything please look these guys up they are a phenomenal group of people who do it yeah i think you also work with uh, daryl wheeler sort of a little, a little bit, right? bit yeah. yeah yeah so he's uh, he's a western kicking coach so the blood runs run thick throughout you oua it's but a big they, kicking uh, family <laughs> yeah um what was probably the coolest experience you had uh, either in university or in the CFL that you might, if you don't mind asking, or coolest people that you got to hang out with throughout the, your experiences? I mean, coolest people I got to hang out with, I got to play with John Ryan, who is a 13-year NFL punter, 12 years with Seattle, I believe, yeah, and one year or two years with the Packers. Um, he was an awesome guy. Getting to, to spend the year with him this year was unbelievable. Um, the coolest thing about him is if I didn't know he was John Ryan and who he was, I wouldn't know that he played in the NFL. Like yeah. he, he acted like everybody else. He worked just as hard as everyone else. And he's 37 years old coming back to the CFL and yeah. the coolest guy. So that was really awesome. Um, but I'd say my best football experience had to be winning the Yates Cup. Yeah. I mean, my first year playing with the university team, you know, your eyes are wide. You're just kind of going with the flow. And, and with, to win a championship was unbelievable. That group of guys, um, I guess you don't really appreciate it once you're there. But then once you look back after your five years, and see the kind of guys we had, the leaders we had. Uh, that was a pretty special team. And from that team, I think we have 11 or 12 current CFL guys yeah. just from that one team. So it was, yeah, it was a special team that year. That's a special team. Yeah. Uh, Irfan, you got any questions for Gabe? No, man, I'm enjoying the stories, but um, <laughs> I guess I guess my question to you would be like, now that you're not with the Rock Riders, are you looking at you know playing 
elsewhere around the CFL or potentially move, making a move over to the NFL? Yeah, no, I'm uh, I'm still training. This year, when I got to play with Saskatchewan, it was because their kicker, Brett Lothar, actually had an injury. Um, so they brought me in as a free agent. I played five games with them. Um, I stayed there for about two months until the NFL cuts happened, and then that's when I was released. But uh, I'm still training. Still, uh, My agent is still in touch with all the teams in the CFL. So I'm hoping this next year coming up, I'll be in a training camp and we'll see from there. I'm not sure where yet because I'm a free agent this year. So I, I, know the Argos, I know the Argos need a kicker because their kickers couldn't kick a field goal for their guys. <laughs> I mean, it would be nice to play at home, but oh, I'm, uh, I'm not picky. I'll play for any team. <laughs> I mean, you get to come home enough times. Anyway, yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, it's worth it in the end. Um, did you? Well, if anything, if you make your way to Ottawa, let me know because, um, man, the Rubbacks had a crappy year, so... <laughs> I mean, that would be awesome, but I, I got to say, Ottawa has one of, if not the best kicker in the CFL right now. He had the record of 69 field goals in a row. Uh, yeah. I had the pleasure of playing against him through my four years in U Sports, uh, Lewis Ward. Um, he's a pretty special kicker, that guy. He's pretty good. Yeah. Him and uh, Liram are the, probably the top two. Yes. Right, right, like right now, yep. I would say they're probably the top two kickers, and Liram actually has his Hamilton Tiger Cats in the Grey Cup. In the Grey Cup, yeah. I couldn't believe he wasn't named one of the special team players of the year. It blew me away. Uh, yeah, I was, I was surprised too. I mean, he's one of the only guys who does all three and yeah. does so well at doing all three. Yeah. Right? There's only a few guys that do all three with kick, punt, and kickoffs, and he excels at all three of them, which, yeah, no, he, he's doing awesome, and so is the team. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously you played in the CFL, so you've, you've been around the league this year, and you saw how everything sort of played out. The Grey Cup. Are you surprised at the two teams that made it into the final, or is it sort of what... Surprised, no. Um, I think Hamilton is a, a very, very good team this okay. year. It shows in their record, and it shows how they haven't lost a game at home. Um, I actually was fortunate to play against them. Um, while we did win that game, they, they are a very good team in Hamilton, very well coached. Um, they seem like a close-knit family, like something you find more in college rather than yeah. in, uh, in the pros. So I'm not surprised by them, and... Winnipeg as well. I think the start of the year they were they were very strong, and from the first I think seven weeks, everyone was saying they were going to end up in the Great Cup until Matt Nichols got hurt. Um, so I guess how crazy and fortunate enough they were to get Caleros at the end of the year there, and how what? crazy that journey was for him oh, to end man. up back in the Great Cup. That now. man, that man has gone through so much yeah. in the last four years. It's unbelievable, <laughs> and now he's in the Great Cup. In the Great Cup against with Winnipeg. the team. Yeah, that these are two great teams. Uh, I got some good friends on both teams, so I, I'm excited for this game today. Well, let's, yeah. let's get into the game a little bit more, I guess. We'll uh, keep you on, hopefully, for a little bit longer, if, if you're good with that. Yeah, of course. Uh, 107th Great Cup is coming up tonight, actually. Uh, obviously, this is November 24th, just keeping everyone up to date. And it's the Blue Bombers versus the Ticats in the penultimate game here. And uh, as you mentioned, Hamilton ran through the season, and they did so well had the best record in the CFL, which I think a couple teams were surprised by at the beginning of the year. But if you watch them throughout this season, they showed why. Mm -hmm. uh, their quarterback situation was a little murky, but they figured it out really, really well. And yeah, obviously I mean, the backup is starting for this uh, final here. And he's he's done really well since he stepped in. He, he did what he needed to do. He definitely doesn't look like a backup, that's no, for sure. I mean, at all. Uh, Masoli was... Probably going to be player of the year if he got to play through the whole year the way he was playing. And then when he went down, it kind of looked like, oh, man, what's going to happen to Hamilton? And they haven't missed a beat since. Uh, the back quarterback did not look like a backup, like I said. And I think the, the good thing about Hamilton is they're strong on all three sides of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. They're Absolutely. strong. Well, I mean, they, as I said, they led the league with uh, their record, but 
they had over 70 points more than, well, sorry, just over 60 points more than every other team points for. And they also had the fewest points against, which means, obviously, as you said, they're yeah. good on all three uh, all three sides of the ball. And when you can do that consistently, it makes it so much easier for the coaching staff, right? Like yeah, for they, sure. They know that they can trust guys. They know that they can just go out there and say, hey, special teams is going out. We're not too worried, right? Yeah. Offense is going out. We got our set plays. We know what we're doing. It makes it a little easier, and it just lets you – it allows you to just run, right? Just yes, run the exactly. game plan out. Go do what you need to do. And – as we saw, they dominated this year, especially in the East, which, let's be fair, the East wasn't the strongest for most of the season. Montreal turned it on a little bit, but for most of the season, they weren't the strongest, so they were al- they allowed the Ticats to just run rickshaw across oh, they the did. entire and, uh, division. Again, even when they did lose, they bounced right back. They didn't really go on those four or five game losing streaks that sometimes teams do in this long season. They uh, The losses didn't really hinder them. They just kept going, stuck to their plan, and... Here they are in the Great Cup looking as strong as ever. Absolutely. Um, on the flip side, the Blue Bombers. Obviously a very interesting season that they've had. Uh, you mentioned with their quarterback going down as well, and then they picked up Caleros, who arguably was one of the top quarterbacks a couple years ago, but injuries yeah. have sort of hindered his career. Um, now he has full reins of the offense, and he has done a wonder with them. Right, they've been seven and two, with uh, without Nichols in the starting lineup. That's that sounds insane considering he was a starter yeah. at the beginning of the season, and yet he's done everything he needed to do, Colaro, since he stepped in. And he's I think that, that's the funny thing is if you looked at midseason when people were predicting the awards, I think the MOP was between Nichols and Masoli, and now their two teams are in the Great Cup, but neither of them are, have been playing. Um, but yeah, on, on Caleros, what he's been able to do this year is, uh, I think, very special. I mean, even something that some people don't realize was that how he started at Saskatchewan, ended up in Toronto, and now in Winnipeg. That's three different coaches you have to deal with, three different offenses you have to learn. Um, and he's only had, what, three or four weeks in Winnipeg? And he looks, won, he looks like he's been there starts. for years. Yeah. He won all three starts with the team, averaging a quarterback rating of 109. Wow. That's that just seems ridiculous, but at the same time, he's done what he needed to do. Two road game wins in the playoffs against two very strong teams. I mean, very strong teams. Calgary's been in the Grey Cup the last four years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Something like that, yeah. Um, yeah. And then to go into Saskatchewan, as we were just talking about earlier with the fans they have there, to win an away game in Saskatchewan in the playoffs, that's pretty special. Having started the team, have started with that team at the start of the year too, is crazy. Well, I feel like that might have actually helped him, though, going in, knowing what that fan base was, knowing the atmosphere, right? Yeah. It's got to be uh, an assistance to him because he just he knows what to expect. It's not like he's going in cold. Like, had the Toronto Argos players gone into Saskatchewan and none of them have ever exactly. played there, they would have just been dumbfounded by the, the sound, the just sound, the sound yeah. purely by itself. And it didn't end up being that way. So yeah. it, it allowed him to just go in and, hey, I know what's coming. I know what they're going to yeah, say. So I know how loud it's going to be. All right, let's just let's just keep the snap count easy. Let's keep the boys ready yep. to go. And it, it allows them to keep going. Yeah, and at the end of the day, when the ball's kicked, football is football. It doesn't matter what stadium you're in. And, uh, you know, special players like that can really tune out the crowd. And, oh, absolutely. You know, they take them out of the game with the way he played. Absolutely. Irfan, we've talked a lot. Let's hear what you have to say about this uh, game here. Um, I, I'm kind of glad it's not the same team for the last four years. I'll give you that. Yeah. I mean, watching watching a very good stance team and a Red Blacks team, you know, dominate the last couple of years is good. But I think the winner today will be a team that 
you know, hasn't won in the last 20, 30 years. So it's a fresh, it's a fresh thing to see as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it allows uh, more fans to get involved too. It's not just um, the same couple teams. It's not just the Stampeders every year. No, it's exactly. not just, exactly. I mean, somehow the Argos, I think, have been in two out of the last four Grey Cups, which is just ridiculous if you look at that roster i don't know how they ever made a great cup but hey they won one too so whatever um but it allows more fans to get involved and because this is our league this is our nation's league that's what you want and you're seeing it with obviously that cpl that started up this year the fan bases want to cheer on their people Mm -hmm. they just need something to cheer on no exactly and I, I think, uh, like Irfan was saying, about the, both these teams haven't won in over 20 years. Yeah. Um, th- that makes everyone pull for them, right? Because they're the so-called, I guess, underdogs to win a Grey Cup. Yeah. So to see one of them break that is going to be special for the whole country, right? Not just that team. Yeah. Irfan, you were going to say something, right? Yeah, sorry. I said it was, it was very interesting. I've been talking to a couple of Rough Rider fans, a couple of Red Black fans over the last couple of weeks, and they each have different allegiances. You get Rough Riders that are like, no, we want Hamilton to win because the bombers and then the other way around like oh we don't like hamilton because so it's interesting to see different fans build more battles and more rivalries between you know their teams and picking sides and the fact that people are so invested into our league like you said nick it's fantastic it really Mm -hmm. is and it i i want the cpl to have the same sort of success right and have the balance across the board but i don't know if it'll be there yet it's working to get to that point obviously there's no way to do it right away and the cpl did a very good job of it this year in the first season the cfl has been around for so long and unfortunately it's sort of gotten away from it for a little bit and now they need to get these teams back in and get the hamiltons playing well get the blue bombers get the rough riders doing what they need to do get bc back into it right if they can do that and get the whole league competing at such a high level i feel like they could grow this league again back to where i think at one point there was 12 teams in the league now it's down to nine yep i need to get it back up to a nice even 10 but it's just my opinion hopefully in the next few years with that halifax team that'd be nice yeah even out the two divisions exactly i mean um but no we saw it like you mentioned with bc and i think with toronto as well if we can get those fan bases into it a little more because those are the real big markets um we saw it this year in montreal they didn't really have the greatest fans the last few years. They had a great year this year, and them too. They were almost selling out every game. Absolutely. Um, so if BC and Toronto can kind of, I guess, jump on that bandwagon and kind of get the fan base back into it, find a way to get the young kids more interested in it, I mean, this league yeah. can only grow from here. And I laugh. Like, everyone rips on Demo Field as a football stadium, but it's you're right on top of the field. Like, to be fair, it's, 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 not, a, it's not a terrible stadium no. to play football in. They just need the fan base. Right? That's it. You see yeah. it at the TFC games. They're, that is an electric feel when yeah. TFC's playing well. Yeah, but well, unfortunately, Toronto fans are fair weather fans. So if they're not playing well, guess who's not going to the game? It's, like, true. it's, <laughs> it's unfortunate because you really do have such a big fan base potential. The potential is in, there. Yeah, the that's GTA. the thing. Like you said about Toronto FC, you see how they fill the stadium and how crazy those fans are. They can get a little bit of that with the Argos. I mean. Well, you, can, you see it with all the Toronto teams. Like, you see the Raptors during their yeah. playoff run. Did you see how crazy it was in the GTA? That was unbelievable. Like, it was insane. Yep. And yet, unfortunately, we can't get that for a regular, like, Argo game or a regular Raptor game if they're not doing well. Yep. Now, granted, the Raptors are still doing well, so they're selling out pretty much every game, yep. and the atmosphere is pretty good. But you look at the Leafs, right? The Leafs are struggling the last couple of weeks. 
People didn't want to go to games anymore. It's mm-hmm. just the it season ticket holders. Quick. It's just like, come on. It happens that quick. I mean, it also has an effect that the tickets are $200, but, yes. you know, whatever. <laughs> Freaking 300-level PPM, but... <laughs> oh, man, I was looking at the for the Colorado game in a week and a half, because you guys obviously know that's my other team, and uh, it's $192 plus tax for 300-level row 16. And I'm like... Are you yeah. kidding me? <laughs> What's the point yeah, of that? Don't do that to yourself. Yeah, don't do that to yourself. I, I, I've never seen Colorado play live. I really, really would like to see them play live, but I don't, I don't have you that don't kind, have of that kind of money. Yeah. <laughs> but at this point, you can spend like $200 and make your way to an American city and watch it for cheaper. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's probably what I will do at some point. But that's totally besides the point. We're way off topic now. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the Grey Cup. We've talked about how these two quarterbacks have taken over. We've talked about how these two fan bases obviously haven't won a championship in over 20 years. I want to get down to it. I want predictions. Irfan, I'm going to start with you. Who do you think wins this game? Uh, the Ticats. They've been the most consistent team all year, and they're fun to watch. Yeah. And it hurts me to say that as a Boatman fan, but, man, they've been good. And you got to admit when the team's good. Oh, absolutely. No no problems there. Uh all right, Gabe. CFL player this year. You get to pick. Who is your winner of the 170th Cup? Uh, that's a tough choice for me. Um, to be honest, I don't even know if I really have a choice, but to choose, I would say Hamilton as well. Like Irfan said, they're the most consistent this year. They have the most talent all around. Um, and I think they want it bad. Like they've been, they have, like I said, they haven't missed a beat with injuries, with whatever. They, they've still been going. They've still been getting better all year. And uh, I think this is going to be their year. I'm going to make it a clean sweep because I like Hamilton as well. Um, obviously, I'm a little biased because I do like Lyrum. I had the opportunity to spend some time with him while he was at Western, which was really, really cool. Um, but as you guys said, they've just been so consistent. They have everything across the board. I was looking at the positional breakdown on the CFL.ca, uh, and they have Hamilton has the quarterback advantage, apparently, the receiver advantage. The linebacker advantage, the defensive back advantage. The only thing that the Winnipeg uh, Blue Bombers have on top of them is the kicking game, uh, the defensive line, and the running backs. Interesting. I was a little surprised on the kicking game, but like, they do I have mean, Justin Medlock. Right? I think so both guys are unbelievable. They're, they're Medlock's solid. the other guy in the league that does all three and yeah. excels at all three. They're, they're solid choices either they way. They both played it's in almost, the Great Cup before. It's a push for me, Exactly. Right? I agree. So, um so that game will be going tonight. Make sure you tune in. I think it's a six o'clock start. Yes. And Keith Urban is the Keith Urban is the halftime show. Yeah. Not bad. A little bit of an upgrade. I think we had Carly Rae Jepsen and yes. Justin Bieber the last <laughs> few. Uh, yeah. I, uh, we had Alessia Cara last year. Oh yeah, it was yes. Alessia Cara. So that one was pretty good. I, I forgot about that one. But yeah, it's Keith Urban is not a bad uh, choice to have for a halftime show. Very fitting for Calgary. <laughs> exactly. Um, why don't we flip over to the other football league, the other big football league, I should say, and uh, the NFL is well in running, and obviously there's games going on now. We won't spoil anything. Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> I will say so far that this season has gone exactly like we have planned, right, Irfan? Yeah. Not. Yeah, I'm going to say yes. The Pats are doing great. Shut up. You and your Pats. I just meant all the other divisions aren't going exactly how we thought they were going to go. Other than the Pats and 
maybe the Saints. Every other division has kind of fallen in a way that we weren't expecting, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, the AFC North with Baltimore running away with the division and the Browns just sucking a big one in typical Browns fashion. I guess we should have predicted that. <laughs> Who thought uh, Lamar Jackson would have been this good, too? I think we did. No, we, had the, we all had the Browns doing really well this year. With the caveat that it is the Browns. Oh, yeah, because of Odell. Because yeah, okay. of Odell and Landry oh, Jones and uh, Chubb and, and <laughs> you, you keep Garrett listing played. everything down. But um, speaking of the Browns, I mean, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week. Uh, the Miles Garrett incident and Mason Rudolph incident. Irfan, mm-hmm. what did you think of that? I, I want to get your opinion. I have my own thoughts about it, so I want to hear you first. I mean, there's 10 seconds left in the game, and that's what happened. But I think, and I was just disappointed to see professional football players do that. Those are cool. Um, set a bad example for young football players that, you know, want to get into the game and say, well, if this is how they're going to lose control, is it safe enough to, you know, look at? And uh, I think the, the, the suspensions are justified. Um, whatever happened on the field between Garrett and Rudolph, whether it was a racial slur or not, um, doesn't justify whipping a helmet at someone. I think if it was a racial slur, then it should be investigated by the league. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I agree with you on that. Um, I have a bit of a different take on it, so hear me out before you guys judge me on this one. Up until the swing of the helmet, Garrett was the only one who hadn't done anything wrong. Garrett made a clean play. It was a clean tackle on the quarterback. Rudolph did not like the tackle, and he reacted a little aggressively, a little unnecessarily, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, not a suspension or a fine worthy, but he wasn't happy, obviously. His team just lost. I, I get it. I, I understand where he was coming from. I can't fault him for it. But as the things sort of progressed, Rudolph trying to pull Ma- uh, Garrett's helmet off, Okay, that now puts him into a finer suspension category, right? Um, The next step was uh, the two linemen for the Steelers coming in and getting Garrett, right? And that's when he managed to grab Rudolph's helmet off, off, which, by the way, came off way too easy, if you ask me, for a quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Just say, I know know Garrett's a pretty strong dude, but that came off way too easy. Um, But still, I still have nothing wrong with him pulling the guy's helmet off because his hand was up there grabbed it and then he had two linemen push him away that's fine you can grab a helmet it just put it down right exactly and then as they kept pushing him rudolph decides to come running back in because he's dumb and needed to get another two cents in at that point garrett was the only person who hadn't actually done anything wrong to a degree yeah right i see what you're saying right he actually didn't and then he swung the helmet and that was the only thing he did wrong in the entire skirmish he didn't fight back after that he got stepped on a few times and punched a little bit by uh, the two linemen, Pouncey and DeCastro. If he had like half a brain cell in that one moment, not to swing the helmet, to swing his other hand, if he had punched Rudolph, mm-hmm. take that into account. If he had punched Rudolph with his free hand, maybe one game. No, yeah, maybe exactly. two. Yep. Right? And now he's out for the season. Maybe more. I think it's ridiculous that he was that dumb to put himself into that situation. All the other guys had legitimate reasons to be suspended, right? Mm-hmm. I think the NFL actually got all of the suspensions right for the first time ever. I think they got everything yeah. right. 
penalty, yes, three games because he was the first instigator. Which has now after. been gone down to two. Right, but yes. I think I think three Initially, games was yeah. allowed or two. Like, yep. it, it could have been either way. Um, he, with the stepping and all that, I think he deserved two or three. Um, Joby from the Browns who came in and absolutely leveled Rudolph when he wasn't looking. That's a game suspension. I'm, yeah, I'm fine fair. with that. Rudolph could have possibly got a game, but I see why they didn't give him a game as well. And he got fined the most money out of anybody, even mm-hmm. Garrett. And then Garrett's suspension because he hit with the helmet. I think the NFL yeah. actually got it right. I just couldn't believe that. I agree. I, I do was. think they got it right. But yeah, like you said, once he has Rudolph's helmet in his hand, had he just opened yeah. his hand, dropped the helmet, I don't think any of this would have happened. I don't think he would have got kicked by Pouncey. I don't think any anything further than just some pushing and shoving and yeah. Yeah. You move on. That's football. You know, that kind of stuff kind of happens. But yeah. to swing a helmet, I mean. And he knew it right away. You he, could tell. He, as yeah. soon as he, he saw it, he knew what he, he like, did. <laughs> yeah, he knew what he did. <laughs> he knew it was going. And it's just so sad because, like, Garrett, in his NFL career, has been, like, the model lineman. He's been fined a couple times because yeah. of hits on the quarterback and stuff like that, but pretty much every defensive player has, has. been fined. Yes. <laughs> um, other than that, like he's model citizen outside of the game. He is one of the biggest charity donation guys from the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. It just sucks that that's going to ruin his uh, his image. That's going to be with him for the rest of his life now, yeah. right? He's no left- matter how good of a player he is, no matter what he does, that's always going to be follow him because mm-hmm. it's something he did and. Something he probably never even thought about. You know, he just did it without thinking. Yeah. And now the rest of his life, that's going to follow him, no matter how good of a player he it's is. Bad. It's, not it's good. tough. And he, again, as I said, he's a good player. Very he's, good. He's a very, he's good, very good player. player. Um, did you guys get a chance to hear his uh, after the speech? Um, I did not. I, I saw part of it. I didn't get to hear the whole thing. He, he did admit that what he did was incorrect. Yeah. Um, he said he heard his team. And you're right, though, Nick. I think suspensions are correct. And I think if he did whip the helmet, it doesn't escalate until that point where mm-hmm. there's suspensions at that level. Yeah. Like again, had he had he just thrown a punch at Rudolph, taking the one game suspension, it doesn't hurt his that it happens, doesn't hurt yeah. his team as much as now he's out for the season, possibly more. I think if the oh, yeah. NFL's smart, because clearly he knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. like immediately, you can see even on the video he knew it was wrong. Yeah. Right. If the NFL's smart, they suspend him for the rest of this season, including playoffs, and then week one next year, you keep him suspended, just so you can prove your point that yes. it was more than a season, and you schedule the Steelers game one, so that they, that he only has to play them once. Play them once, yeah. Right. If you're the if you're the good NFL idea. and you're trying to be smart, that's the that's the logical way to that's go about idea. the suspension, yeah. right? Because clearly he's already do, going above and beyond because he wants to rectify the situation. Now, we don't know whether or not he reached out to Rudolph or Rudolph reached out to him or anything. We don't we don't even know if they've had any communication since then. But to know that he wants to make up for what he did and knew it was wrong to begin with, I think that's such a big step. And they, the NFL needs to see that and just say, hey, listen, we understand. We know that you know what happened was wrong. Yeah. We'll, we're going to take this down to just one game next season. We're going to schedule the Steelers so you don't have to play them. No bad blood there in the first week. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Whether the NFL will do that, <laughs> that's a whole other issue. But I think that's the logical thing for them to do. No, I agree. I mean, again, that, that will hurt his team again, even if, as you were saying, if it's the first game of the year against the Steelers and he's not playing, that's a division rival, and you're the best defensive player on your team. So exactly. I think that is uh, 
enough of a punishment, right? right. To miss a game like that. Exactly. Um, let's move on to some of the other divisions because obviously mm -hmm. that's only the second one. Uh, I guess we didn't really talk about the AFC East, but the Patriots are, you know, the Patriots and doing pretty well. Big surprise in the Bills, though. 7-3. and three. Good for them. Love the Bills. They have great defense and in Buffalo. Allen has done what he's needed to do so far this mm -hmm. year. Um, they've struggled a little bit in their last five, only going 3-2. and two. So two out of their three losses are in the last five weeks, but one of those against the Patriots. I say they've lost a few respectable teams. Yeah, so they're oh not losing sure. games they shouldn't be losing. No, absolutely. They're beating so. the Jets and the Dolphins. And yes. That's all that matters. Um, AFC South, the Houston Texans are winning, but the Colts are right there behind them, surprisingly, despite all the quarterback shenanigans that have mm -hmm. happened for them this year with Andrew Luck retiring and now Jacoby Brissett being hurt. They're yes. just kind of... They're just kind of going with the flow and allowing everybody <laughs> to play their game, and they're sitting at six and five. Not bad. For uh, yeah, I think they have a, they have a good roster there. The Colts. Um, Jacoby Brissett's a good quarterback. Oh, uh, for sure. Got to sit behind Brady, learn from the best. Um, and then got to sit behind Luck too. And then got to sit behind <laughs> Andrew Luck. Uh, he's a great coach. Guys. Frank Reich is a great coach with quarterbacks. We saw when he was in Philly with Nick Foles and won the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. Um, so I think they got a great situation there. I think they're still a young team, and. I thought the Texans would be better, to be honest. So I, did I didn't too. think it would be this close. I did too. I mean, it, they've had some injury they issues, have. so they, they're fighting through. But seven and four, and six and five, not bad. Yep. I mean, that whole division is even within Tennessee three is games. there at five and five. So well, the whole division is uh, within three games, yeah. right? Like you, two weeks and the Jaguars could be in second. Yeah. Like that's the crazy thing. <laughs> and they do have Nick Foles back, so you never they know. Do have Nick Foles back? Yikes! That's <laughs> that's a scary thought. Um, and then the last AFC division, I mean, we expected the Chiefs to be really good. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we expected the Raiders to finish second in the division. We had the Chargers up there uh, based off what they did last year. Yeah. And the roster yeah. they have should be good. Phillip Rivers is making dumb decisions again and just screwing the whole team. But what do you No, I think do? the Raiders, with all the dysfunction they had, especially in training camp with Antonio Brown and Vontaze Perfect, and they've had a lot of dysfunction, a just lot of a crazy mess. stuff going on there. and. <laughs> They're still winning. They're a good team. Um, we'll flip over to the NFC. Uh, as I said, I think the only division that we kind of had right was the NFC South with the Saints leading the division, Carolina in second, and then the Falcons and the Buccaneers. Kind of expected the Falcons to be a little bit better just because of the yeah. offense, but not surprised that Carolina is ahead of them, really. So I think that one we sort of had right. Everything else, nope. Not a, not a chance <laughs> we guessed any of these. Maybe the Cowboys, but I think we all had the Eagles to start the season as uh, winning that division. Yep. Um, I'm a big Eagles fan, so it's been a tough year. One week they look awesome when they're playing the Packers, <laughs> and then they play the Cowboys and they get killed. Yeah, don't one remind week they look me, awesome right? They the Bills, and then they get killed. Don't remind me about that rough. Packer game. That was, a rough, <laughs> that was a rough game. I don't know what to make of this Eagles team this year. I don't know what to make of any team in this division because there were the two games that the Giants won, they look like world beaters. Yeah. They it looked like they found the quarterback of the future and, <laughs> and then after that it's like okay, we're it's pedestrian again. again. Like, yeah. <laughs> how does that happen? I get they're they're not playing as bad as their record shows. Like two and eight I don't think is very indicative of how the Giants have played. Yeah. I think they probably should be maybe three and six. Or sorry, three and seven or four and six. No, I agree. But yeah. they they just are like a roller coaster, just up and down, up and down. It's ugly. The Redskins are trash. And they, they Redskins are the Redskins. Out. They'll just get wiped out of that division. Yes. But I, I want to see how the Cowboys and the Eagles play going down the stretch. Yeah. 
I feel like the Cowboys have the better offense, ironically, just mm-hmm. with the weapons that they have. Their defense has just been interesting all season. Like yeah. they, They're either going to be really, really good or allow way too many passing yards. And yeah, it's, no, it's crazy. It's they they have them. some great players on that defense. But, yeah, like you said, some weeks, same as the Eagles, right? Some weeks they look so good and some weeks like, what the heck am I watching? Ridiculous. Um, but I think those two teams, the Eagles and the Cowboys, I think they play in week, I want to say 15 or 16. I think the division's going to come down to that game. Yeah, I believe, I can tell you, they play. Oh, I lost the schedule. Here it is. Dallas plays at Philly in week 16. Yeah. Lincoln Financial Field, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you tune into that one. And then they play Washington in week 17. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, I think that week 16 game is what the division's really going to come down to. Oh, I, I know the Eagles' schedule and the back half of the season is a little easier than what the Cowboys have. Um, but if the Cowboys can beat the Patriots today, then that'll be a big win for them. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Cowboys' schedule, and I just had it up and I closed it because I'm dumb. Um, they play New England today. They play Buffalo on Thursday. Then they play Chicago the week after that at Chicago, which, you again, well, we haven't got to that division yet, but we'll, we'll get to that. Then they play the Rams, who God knows who the Rams are actually are anymore. Um, and then they play Philly and Washington. So that's a that's an interesting yep. set of uh, games. And then you look at Philly. Yeah, they got Seattle, who will be a tough game. But then they have Miami and the Giants. And Washington <laughs> before they play Dallas and, and hey, guess again. what? The Giants again. <laughs> so you got four very, very winnable games and two pretty tough games yep. to close out the season. So I would probably lean towards Philly taking the division, but anything can happen, man. Fingers across. I hope so. In my NFC North, my Packers are actually doing something, Irfan. They're doing great, buddy. They're doing great. <laughs> Well, we had them finishing third in the division at the beginning of the season behind the Vikings and the Bears because we thought the Bears' defense was just going to carry them, and we thought Trubisky might take another step forward. And then the Vikings' offense was supposed to run through to the division. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we can say that the Vikings' offense has. Their defense has let them down this year, for sure. Um, I think the opposite is true for the Packers. Usually it's been Aaron Rodgers carrying them for the last, what, 10 years? And now the defense is awesome this year, one of the best in the league. You could say that the offense has been carrying this team since the Brett Favre era. Yeah, for real. And now they finally have a real defense defense with Aaron Rodgers. That defense has been disgusting this year. They have have really stepped up and shown that they're not to be messed with. Just like the Patriots defense this year. The Patriots defense is... No, but normally you say the Patriots and you think, Offense is carrying the yeah. show, right? Tom Brady yeah. and Gronk and for the last bunch of years, you just assume that it's going to be the offense-carrying team. It's not the offense-carrying that Patriots no, team yeah. this year. They've played well, don't get me wrong, but it's not the offense that's carrying that team. 108 points against through 10 through games. 10 games. Is just stupid. Packers are a little bit more realistic at 205, but they've played so well this year, and it's a, it's been really a surprise because they're so young. Like you look at it, there's a lot of second, first, third-year players on that defense that are Mm -hmm. starters, and they've just stepped up and done exactly what they needed to do. So I'm very happy. I I don't know if they're going to win the division because the Vikings are a very, very good team. Obviously, both teams have eight wins through uh, 11 weeks. Um, Vikings have three losses because they haven't had a bye week yet. Um, They must have a late-season game, too. That'll be similar to the Eagles and Cowboys. That'll probably decide that division. Oh, 100%. They always have the late-season game. I think, actually, it's... 
So the Packers have San Francisco this week. Uh, they have a bye week. No, no, they play they play Sunday. Sorry, they play the Giants, Washington, Chicago, and then uh, obviously one of the last two games is yeah Minnesota at Minnesota and then Detroit. So we we have three divisional games to end the season. Awesome, <laughs> good job, schedulers. That San Fran game today is going to be tough though. That's going to be a good game. It's going to be a rough one. Speaking of San Fran, probably the biggest surprise of the NFL season this year is the San Francisco 49ers had the longest streak of being undefeated and are still 9-1. and one. I think, uh, uh, fitting, we were just talking about the two defenses. That defense in, in San Francisco might arguably be better, be better than the other two we just talked about. They, yeah. Maybe they've given up a few more points than the Patriots, but uh, if you look at the strength of their schedule and the teams they've played, they've been unbelievable this year. Right. Uh, that defensive line they have is, is awesome. And the good thing about the 49ers, they built that all through the draft. The last few years, they haven't had good teams, but they've been getting some very good draft picks, and now it's all coming together. Oh, for sure. And uh, you look at their – you said the strength of their schedule has been very interesting. I mean, they started off with games against Tampa, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, the Rams, and then Washington. Those were their first set, uh, six games, right? Okay. Really only two, no, three, yeah. maybe three games if you count Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh obviously with the whole Roethlisberger injury are not the yep. team that they could have been. Yep. Then you look since then. Carolina, Arizona, who have been surprisingly good this year. Mm-hmm. Seattle, Arizona again. Yep. To finish off their season, ready for this, Irfan? The last six games, Green Bay, at Baltimore, at New Orleans, at home to Atlanta, at home to the Rams, and then on the road at Seattle. Is there a tougher six games to play? Oh, I mean, besides that Atlanta that's, game. That's wow. a ru- Well, yeah, but the Atlanta Falcons always play well in division. Yeah. Right? Well, they're not in division, though. So, uh, But, yeah, that's going to be a rough, rough end of the season Wow, for that team. Uh, like, even just the two teams in the division that they have to play, in the Rams and the Seahawks, mm-hmm. that's just... They're... They legitimately have probably three playoff teams in that division. For sure. Right? For sure. If, I mean, the Rams have kind of underperformed this year, but the talent they have can't be denied. They have some of the best players in the league. Um, so the three of those teams in one division, and as you said, Arizona's been surprisingly very good this year. Yeah, Maybe I mean, their record doesn't show it. Yeah, but they're 3-7-1, and one, but you look at – They've been awesome this the, year. The defense is really what's letting the Cardinals down. Yep. Their offense has shown very, very well this year. Mm-hmm. They actually have more points than the Rams, who – I think if you ask anybody, the Rams were supposed to run away with this division you at the think. beginning yeah. of the season because the defense is so stacked with Aaron Donald and everybody. And then the offense has so many weapons mm-hmm. with Todd Gurley and all the receivers that they have there. Sure. They've been kind of pedestrian as an offense, and the defense has, the defense has held their own. I'll give them credit. Like They've yes. held the opponents to under 200 points so far this year. But and I think getting Jalen Ramsey was a big, uh, big move for them. I remember what are the, the Jags doing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just are they going rebuild mode or what? <laughs> Whoa, they're going rebuild mode and they're two games out of a playoff spot. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's frustrating to me. But regardless, if we look at the playoff picture right now, since we can, um, the division leaders we've already mentioned them, but in the AFC, Patriots, Ravens, 49ers, Packers. Um, in the uh, sorry, that also includes, I don't know why I'm reading this wrong, but uh, sorry, those are the top two in each division. So AFC, it was Patriots, Ravens, and then Texans, Chiefs. 
are the four yes. division leaders. And sitting in the wild card spots right now are the Bills and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. And then in the NFC, you got the 49ers, Packers, Saints, and Cowboys as the division leaders with the Seahawks and the Vikings sitting five and six. How good would those two games be? The Seahawks and the Cowboys and the Vikings and the Saints oh, in the first round if it stays like that? But people in the hunt, AFC, you still got the Colts at six and five. The Steelers, Titans are both at five and five. You can even talk about those Jaguars and the Browns and I guess even the Chargers are all with four wins, right? That's that's still pretty competitive. I also love that they have the Dolphins still listed as in the hunt, as well as the Redskins are still listed as in the hunt. They're not in the hunt. I, I don't think the Redskins can even catch a playoff spot at this point. They're seven games back. I think on the NFC, anywhere from the Bears, Lions, Cardinals, Falcons, Buccaneers, I think we can count all those. Yeah, any, anyone anyone below the Panthers at this point, you can realistically yes. count them out because <laughs> all of the playoff teams in a playoff spot right now have eight wins. Yeah. Actually, I guess they're only keeping the Redskins in because the Cowboys are at six. So they're only five games back Fair in enough. the division, which that's yeah, not going to happen, but whatever. <laughs> um but yeah, you have the Rams at six and four, the Eagles five and five, and the Panthers at five and five. Realistically, any of those guys could push for one of those wild card spots. But man, that that's going to be a tough road through the NFC to face potentially uh, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, I think those are all potential Super Bowl teams, especially the AFC. Those top three teams, uh, the other teams look good and they're strong. They might get into the playoffs, being the Bills, the Raiders, and the Texans, but. I don't know if when it comes down to it to compete with the Patriots, what the Ravens are doing right now, and even the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's well, especially be tough. when the Chiefs are healthy. Like, yes. think, yeah. think about the Chiefs this year. They're seven and four. Yeah. How many games have they had all of their offensive weapons on the field? Maybe two. Maybe yeah, maybe two. Right? Maybe. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're going to be healthy for the playoffs. That is going to be scary. And yeah. Arrowhead Stadium is one of the loudest. Yeah, that's going to be a crazy game. It'll be great, especially if they can get if they can try to snip a couple games off the Patriots and take home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you kidding me? I can't wait for those playoff games. Uh, we didn't have you on earlier in this se- in the season, so let's see what are your predictions going forward. Who do you think is going to make the Super Bowl? Make the Super Bowl. Um, make the Super Bowl. And if you want, I mean, you're more than welcome to say you're winner. But <laughs> well, if we're looking at the AFC side, I think you can never count the Patriots out. Um, even if their offense isn't doing great right now. They're the Patriots. They have Belichick. They have Brady. Um, so the AFC is always going to run through them. Yep. Uh, I think what Baltimore is doing right now is unbelievable. Um, my worry for Baltimore is if they're peaking at the wrong time because they're peaking midseason right now, right? Are they going to be able to keep this going for another two months? That won't be easy. Um, Especially when And then like you just said have. about the Chiefs right now, they're maybe they're going through their bumps. That's just setting them up to peak come playoff time. That's kind of what you need. Right. In football, you only need to win those two playoff games and you're in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so, I, I, like I said, I think the AFC is between those three teams. Uh, the game's going to be in Foxborough with the Patriots. Um, so, whoever can win in New England in January, <laughs> then I think that might be my favorite if they come out of there. Um, coming out of the NFC, I mean, all six of those teams that are currently in a playoff spot right now, including the Eagles and the Rams, I mean... Even the Panthers. Are Even five the Panthers. Five. <laughs> any of those teams, I think, like like we said, it's only two games you got to win. If you include the wild card, three games you got to win to get to the Super Bowl. Whoever's hot at the time, you don't know because midseason, uh, you know, the start of the year to now to to the end of the year, it, it's whoever's hot for those three games. Absolutely. If I have to make a prediction, I think the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson's been there before. He's tested. Um, 
And he's special. He's a special player. Him and Drew Brees. I think Drew Brees is unbelievable. Uh, the Saints look awesome. They went five and one in the games he missed, or four and one. Um, five and they or maybe five and zero. Oh. Yeah, they went five, five and zero oh in the games he didn't play. I had play. Bridgewater in my fantasy team because I had Breeze, and I'm like, well, screw it. I think they're still going to do well. And yeah, that worked out really well for me. <laughs> so that team is built to win. Um, again, they have the coach to do it, the quarterback that's done it before. Uh, the end of the NFC. I don't even have a prediction. I have no clue. Um, <laughs> I would like to see Seattle versus Saints. Just I kind of like those two teams. They're both special teams. But again, the 49ers, the Packers. As long as it's not the Cowboys, I'm okay. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. I'm biased. I would love to see the Packers in the show, and I definitely did not pick that at the beginning of the year, so now that they're doing well, I feel confident in saying I would still like to see them. If they get home field advantage, I think it'll be very hard for anyone to go into Lambeau yeah. and unseed them. If the exactly. 49ers, same, as, same as having to go into Foxborough. If you have exactly. to go into Lambeau, that's very hard to win that's there. It's freezing tough. cold in January. Uh, they've been there. they practice there. If you're coming from let's say New Orleans to go to Lambeau that's a big change playing in a dome all year in the south yeah now to go play in Lambeau that's that's huge exactly or even the 49ers who play yeah, outdoors but it's San Francisco like yeah. it's it's cold at yeah five degrees <laughs> but um Irfan have you you want to change any of your predictions nope nope okay we're good we're good <laughs> you and your patriots oh, frustrate the hell out of me ball. well me and Kyle both here I know, and I hate both of you for it. <laughs> but it's, until somebody actually beats them at Foxborough. I agree. That's what I say. As, I agree. As much as I might not like the Patriots, uh, until someone beats them and knocks them off that peg, there's no denying them. Between Brady and Belichick, it doesn't matter who else is on that roster. Right. They have the two of them. I agree. They're a Super Bowl favorite. <laughs> I, I agree. I might not like it, yep. but I respect it. Yep. And that's that's all that matters in the end. <laughs> <laughs> Um, any other NFL points or fun you want to talk about before we jump out? No, we're good. All right, let's let's quickly go over to the sport that we normally talk about first, but this was a special occasion. Uh, NHL. Wow, this season has been uh, a season of surprises so far for me. In my, at least in my opinion, how everything's sort of playing out. Um, the world beater Tampa Bay Lightning and Toronto Maple Leafs are, you know. Average. Pittsburgh Penguins are not in a playoff or are in a playoff spot right now. The Leafs and Tampa are not. Other than that, in the East, everything's sort of gone the way we expected to. Buffalo's played pretty well, but they're starting to struggle a little bit. Uh, I think they're ooh, they're one seven and two in their last ten games. Not not what you want to look for if you're pushing for a playoff spot. But then you come into the West. And there's been some crazy numbers being put up in the West and some interesting standings as well. Edmonton is running away with the Pacific Division right now. It's a little ridiculous. I shouldn't say running away because Arizona's right on their heels. Oh, yeah, I just said that out loud. Edmonton and Arizona are first and second in their division. Write it down. It won't happen again for a long time. Or will it? We'll see. Um Colorado's played really well. They're in a playoff spot. They were first in the NHL for like three weeks at one point. Um, and then teams that we expected to do really well are kind of just average in San Jose and Calgary, and even Nashville, who is all three of those teams are not in a playoff spot right now, which That's been the baffles my know. mind. All the good teams have been average. Yeah, well, all the teams we expected to be good have been average. 
right? And it at Vegas, it comes down to goaltending because when Marc-Andre Fleury doesn't play, it's an automatic loss almost <laughs> unless they're playing Toronto and Subban stands on his head. Yeah. But other than that, Fleury's out. It's a loss. Like, it's almost guaranteed. Can you uh, give some love to Flurry with that ridiculous save? Oh, my crap. That was disgusting. Oh, my God. But he's been doing that his entire life because he's a flop goalie, and he's so good at it. <laughs> right? And you don't expect it. And, and well, you, well, you expect it, but then you, and then it happens, and you're like, wait, what the hell? That happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's oh, just ridiculous. Um, Washington is dominating their division, but you have... That, that division is underrated, in my opinion. Uh, the Metropolitan. Like, I know we talk about it all the time, having Pittsburgh and Washington, but God, that division is actually so underrated with the Islanders, Carolina, even Philly playing well this year. That division could have some of the top players. They just have to beat up on each other all year. And it forces them, obviously, when it comes to playoff time, they're all beat up and trying to just get through. Yeah. Um, but you can see it even in the standings here. They're all within a few games of each other. Yeah. Washington a little ahead, but besides that, the other teams are all so close there. Yeah. Uh, another surprise, I guess, we can say Florida and Montreal are second and third in the Atlantic Division behind Boston. Significantly behind Boston <laughs> at uh, 29 and 27 points, respectively, behind Boston's 35. But they're both ahead of Toronto, Tampa, who has a couple games in hand, so that will probably change. Um, and then we got Buffalo, Ottawa, Detroit sitting at the bottom. Any real surprises for you there, Irfan? The Senators actually playing well in the last ten. Yeah, they're seven and three. They're playing. They're just. They're doing the basics, and I think it's helping them get through their young team. Uh, DJ's got them playing well, and I'm actually going to go watch Boston um, this Wednesday. Nice. Um, so it should be a, it should be a good game. Um, at first, I was like, well, I hope Boston steamrolls, but with the way Ottawa's been playing. It's going to be a different game. Yeah, no, I get that, man. And I know you like Ottawa, so it's like me watching that Colorado-Toronto game last night. I'm like, I kind of want it to be a 2-1 game just because I want it to be a good hockey game. I, I, I love both teams. Do, can I really say <laughs> I can't really pick, but yeah, no, that'll be cool for you, man. I, I wish you all the best of that. Hopefully it's a good game. Yeah, it should be. Hopefully. <laughs> um... Any surprises in the West for you? Wait, um, Arizona? Like, I expected them to make a jump, and I know we talked about them making the next step. But I was I the only one who had them making the playoffs. I would like to point that out. I'm <laughs> taking full credit for that point at the beginning and, of the and season. You and you should. But again, I don't. I still don't think it's going to be there at the end of the year. And San Jose is going to wake up, and I hope Calgary wakes up, and... Yeah, but hey, if they stay there, then Nick, your prediction was correct. Well, I had Vegas sort of slowing down because I knew that Fleury wasn't going to be able to carry them to the playoffs again, um, especially because they were going to give them a couple more games off, and it showed mm -hmm. so far this year, and that's why they're they're behind Vancouver and Arizona right now. Um, when it comes to San Jose and Calgary, I expected them to be better. I always was skeptical of San Jose's goaltending situation. I, like, as good as Martin Jones is, I don't think he's good enough to carry an elite team deep into a playoff run. And Calgary has just struggled. Like, I, I don't know how you can say anything else. They're just not playing well. Like, mm -hmm. they have the team. They have half-decent goaltending. 
I say they showed it last year. They came they first just, last year, and just cannot put anything together this yeah. year. They're three six and one in their last ten games. People are talking about uh, possibly a coaching change, like the Leafs just had, mm -hmm. to try to kickstart something. I don't know if that's the best option for Calgary, to be honest. I think, I think it is an option, and it could work, but I don't know if it's the best option right now for them. I think before they make a coaching change, you're going to give them about 40 games in. Yeah. Because somebody, somebody's going to slow down. Arizona isn't going to be up high as much. Sorry, Nick. But oh, hey. you're, going to see, you're going to see the division shape up by 40 games halfway through the season, uh, close to the All-Star game, um, you know, kind of tailing in there. And yeah. if there's no results at that point, then by all means, Bill Peters doesn't have a job, or you're looking at a massive trade coming out of Brad Trey living hand. Absolutely, and I have no problem with that. Um, you keep saying you think Arizona's going to fall. I'm not 100% sure about it. I don't know if they're going to be as good as they have been. I mean, obviously, they're above average on the road right now. They're 8-3-2 and two on the season away from uh, Arizona, which is a bit of a surprise in my opinion. They don't score many goals, but I, they actually have given up. I want to make sure I have this right before I say it. They've given up the second fewest goals against in the entire league. Only trailing, guess who? The New York Islanders, <laughs> who also had the fewest goals against last season. Right? Yeah, wow. Darcy Kemper is an underrated goaltender. He played in Min er, he played in Minnesota for a long time with uh, Devin Dubnik, and then he moved on. Now he's getting a chance to shine as a number one goaltender, and he's taking the opportunity. When Dubnik was hurt and... Kemper got the chance to run with Minnesota. He looked like a starting goaltender. Now he gets a chance to actually be a starting goaltender and play starting goaltender number of games. It is going to benefit him down the stretch. That defense in Arizona is also very, very underrated. People don't look at it as they should. They're a very young forward group, don't get me wrong. But you have some very good veteran leaders on that defensive core that I think might be able to keep the goals against down. If they can keep the goal scoring at average to middle of the pack sort of range they they might be able to keep this sort of hot streak going 14 8 and 2 is not world beating numbers but that puts them second in the division right mm -hmm. you can't complain about that kind of production from a very very young team that's my opinion when they hit the well when they hit that 40 mark and we see calgary struggle i think i'll, I'll believe you a little bit more but I, I, you're you're not you're not wrong with their defense being great and I, uh, like being great. Sorry, I, I've seen them play. They are good, but again, I want to see them sustain that. It can't be just the first 25 games. Oh, absolutely, I'm not denying that for sure. That's, yeah. that's not what I'm saying. But they, but they but they but they have played well against Edmonton this year. They have played well against Vancouver, the big top teams. They've grinded games out, and I, I will give you that that they are they're playing good hockey. Yeah. Let's, let's just see that a little bit longer. No, absolutely. And, I mean, you look at their forward group, it's it's nothing really to write off about. Nick Schmaltz has had a fantastic year. He's, he's doing exactly what they need as a second-line center. Um, that top line, I don't know if that's a top line. They're ranked 31st for forward first lines. That's, you know, dead last. Yep. Um, not good. You look at that second line, though, with Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, and Connor Garland. They have obviously overproduced. Like, don't get me wrong, I know that. But it's a good young group, and that will be – that's possibly their top line next season. Even with – It's to build off of, yeah. Right? Even with Kessel and Soderberg and Kraus to be there next year, that could be their top line next season. Mm -hmm. 
which is crazy. Well, I think you can even say that they are their top line at the moment. Like, you can give them that title now. Because Soderberg, Kessel haven't been great. Right? They haven't oh, been Kessel's been that trash. Team. Okay, so the team is plus 14 and Kessel's sitting at minus 8. Yeah, because so he's trash. Let's drop him down to the third. I think he plays this Right? Uh, for some reason, they have Barrett Hay- Hayton listed as left and right wing on the third line. Not really sure how that's possible. Uh, daily face-off, but hey, sure, whatever. <laughs> um, but you have Derek Stepan as your third center, and you have Brad Richardson as your fourth center. That's really not a bad center group. Like, it's not... Hey, obviously, it's not going to blow anybody away. You don't have any real superstars up the middle, but Soderberg, Schmaltz, Stepan, and Richardson is definitely not the worst four you could have in the NHL right now. I just like the direction that they're going, and you look at their defense. You got Ekman Larson, Jason Demers, uh, Chikrin, Alex Goligoski, Ostrel, and Chalmerson. right now they have Ness. Charmerson's hurt, so he's what on the IR want? right now. So if if he's healthy, you drop Ness, and that top six is uh, pretty good. No, you're right. If they can build that through the defense, let the young uh, forwards kind of develop, and you know the more comfortable they get as the season goes, yeah, I think for sure they can keep this up through the year. You also have Grabner listed on the IR as well. So he would be a little bit of a boost to the offensive a little bit. And I'm talking, like, minor, but you can actually have... Give him some pace up top that can actually get to the net and not be afraid to Exactly. But so far, they're sitting second in the division. Can't really uh, can't really fault how they've played. Can we also talk about how ridiculous Connor McDavid and uh, Leon Dreisaitl are? <laughs> and I'm going to throw in McKinnon because he's done magic. Yes. With a team that lost two of their top three players. <laughs> is, he your, is he your heart consideration? Uh, Those are my three heart consideration right there. Mm-hmm. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and McKinnon are my three in the heart trophy nominations right now. Ovi's fourth. Right. I think it's uh, a fresh thing to see Edmonton finally doing well. They've had how many first overall picks over the last 10 years and just haven't been able to put it together Too finally many. now this year. Too many. Uh, not that I'm an Edmonton fan by any means, but it's uh, refreshing to see. No, it is refreshing <laughs> to see. And it's to see a player like McDavid, how good of a player he is, right? And the struggles that he's had with that team for so long. Mm-hmm. It's nice to see him Very, succeed. Like, yeah. I want him to succeed. And, God, watching – I watched most of the game last night, and he's – He's just so smooth. Like it, it, there's, it looks like he's not even trying on the ice, and he's making people look dumb. But that pairing of Drysaddle and McDavid. Yeah, no one should be making under other NHL players look that out no. of the league, right? No, they shouldn't, and they are, and it's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, another big surprise. Did you guys know that Florida has the second most goals for in the entire league? Well, Florida. I'm, I'm going to repeat that, Irf, on Florida. Well, they've come back from two games when they were 4 0 down. Yeah. I mean, they have, we, we talked about this. They have the offensive talent there. They have a good team. It's starting to click. Yeah. Question well, it also helps clicks, when you have a real goaltender back there as opposed to James Reimer. And Bobby Lou. Well, Bobby Lou was at the end of his career. I'll, he was. I well, will allow were. that. He, was, he still was playing pretty well for a guy who was in his late 30s. Yeah. Um, but having a real goaltender back there makes a bit of a difference. Well, it makes your defense 
okay with pinching and making clean gambles when you know you have a goaltender that's going to stand on the head for you. Absolutely. I got another question for you, uh, both of you, I guess. I'm going to I'm going to start with Irfan though. Norris Trophy. I think we're all in we're all in agreement that John Carlson is probably going to win the Norris as of right now. Most people would agree with me on that. Who do you have as your top three, though? I've been arguing this at work for the last couple of weeks with people because I have, I think I have a dark horse that no one's really giving consideration to. I want to get your opinion, Irfan. Oh, God. Um, I mean, John Carlson's running away with it. Oh, for sure. I'm not denying that. I'm more worried about no, two no, and three. No, no, for sure. I mean, <laughs> see, I'm, I'm, that's a toss-up for me because I don't... Why don't you tell me yours first, and I'm gonna. Okay, we'll start with uh, Gabe then. Gabe, who do you have in your? No, I was, I was gonna say the same thing. I mean, John Carlson is 100% running away with it. To have a two and three, I mean, there's so many guys you could put up there because he's so far and ahead the number one. Yeah. Okay, fine. I will tell you guys who I'm thinking. Dougie Hamilton's gonna be up there, I think. Roman Yossi's okay. gonna be up there. Everyone seems to have those two. Even Brent Burns has been thrown into the conversation. The guy that I think is being underrated, and only because he is so young, is Kyle, McC- Kyle McCarr. Oh, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. He is tied for second in points by defensemen. Only two players have more goals than him as defensemen. And that's Dougie Hamilton and John Carlson. Mm-hmm. Um, he's playing on the top power play unit in Colorado. He's playing on the second line because Eric Johnson is playing on the first line. But... He also is averaging 20 minutes per game, so it's not like he is lazy. He has the highest shot percentage of any defenseman. That's not bad. And he's also fourth in power play points out of all defensemen. Underrated because he's so young and people don't expect him to keep it up. Mm -hmm. He has the pedigree to do it. And I think people are sort of sitting on him because of his age and the fact that this is actually his first season. But if you look at just rookies in the entire league, yes, the entire league, he's leading the rookie class by seven points. He is tied for first in goals with Victor Olofsson, who had seven goals in his first eight games and oh. hasn't scored since. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, Quinn Hughes is the other uh top defenseman and he's seven points clear of him. I just don't get why people are kind of hiding on him, right? I guess because he's so young, they want to see, as you said, if he's going to keep this up throughout the whole year. It's still uh, pretty early in the season. But yeah, if he can keep this up, I mean, those are pretty special numbers. It's crazy to think that. The the great part about Makar is his first NHL game was the playoffs. Yeah. This kid... Mm -hmm. He knows what it takes to get to that next level, and you're seeing him improve incrementally every game. Exactly. And and I think that's why Colorado's still hanging in there without Rantanen and Landis Cog, because you've got a Hart Trophy winner, a potential Hart Trophy winner in McKinnon, and then a potential Norris winner in McCart. And mm-hmm. Again, I, mean, I, don't think, I don't think he wins it, because I think John Carlson is just so far ahead of everyone else. But I feel like he needs to be in the conversation. And no one, oh, not a lot of people are putting him in the conversation. Like, the kid's in the top 20 in points in the NHL this year. In his rookie season. As a defenseman. Like, yeah, that is crazy. who does that? Well, well, the fact that Colorado was able to have Tyson Barrett move on because they believed in this kid. Yeah. 
Oh, for sure. That's a lot. For sure. I don't disagree with you on that at all. So, that's my two cents on the Norris. We'll get into our mid when we get around uh, the All Star Breaker fun. We'll do our mid season uh, awards. For sure. And we'll we'll have that conversation. Maybe we can have Gabe on to do that as well. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, At that point, we'll be getting back. into uh, NFL playoffs, too. Yeah. So you are now our NFL. Uh, I would love to be back. <laughs> you're an NFL analyst now, so you're coming back. <laughs> I um, love that. Irfan, anything else you want to add before we uh, sign off today? No, it's good. Uh, I got to give an appreciation to uh, Queen Pace. You guys have been great. Oh, yeah, for sure. Cooper. I was talking to my sister. My sister is a huge uh, fan. That's we're, unfortunate. I was talking about how. <laughs> That's what I tell her. But she, we were talking about like, young Duncan Keith and the way he used to skate and with the puck. And, yeah. I mean, Duncan Keith didn't have the offensive skills that Quinn Hughes does, but if you look at them comparatively, you know, when he was younger, uh, they skate about the same. They're great with the puck on their stick. So watch out for this kid. In the future, it's going to be a league run by Hughes and Carr. Oh, for sure. Defensive, mm-hmm. Defensively, yeah. Those two and uh, Tori Krug are probably going to be the ones running the show. Um, uh, you see Krug yesterday on his sorry another Boston appreciation, but you see Krug split the D yesterday and just absolutely. No, I saw Theodore effect. do that though. Oh, he, that was great too. That was disgusting. It was gross. But if you get a chance to see his overtime, Krug goes from one end to the other, splits the D, goes five hole. Beautiful. And I'll definitely look into that. I gotta. Got to catch up on stuff. I'm behind. It's been a been a bit of a hectic week. So. Um, all right, so you're good or fun? Nothing to add there. Are we doing tire fires this week, bud? Uh, no, we're not gonna do tire fires. We gotta, we gotta close this one out quickly. So. Cool. Next week, though, we will have tire fires. I promise. I know you have a bunch that you want to do, so we will have tire oh, fires next week. Uh, Gabe, anything you want to add before we uh, sign off here, man? No, I just want to say thanks for having me. I, I've really enjoyed it. And again, if you guys like me back, I, I'd love to be back. Appreciate anytime, it. Man. Anytime you send me a text, you will be on. Sure. Or you can technically call me. For sure. that's, what this, that's what this is for. Uh, I guess that'll do it for us here at Garage Door Sports. Make sure you listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, Google Play. Thank you. I, knew, I was going to get it. <laughs> uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We are going to try to post more now that we have a little bit more time to uh, deal with stuff. Uh, Christmas season is coming, though, so please be aware that we are doing our best to, you know, be with our families uh, <laughs> around the holiday season. Um, but follow us. Let us know what you think. We always want to hear from you. So uh, thank you once again for listening, and we will see you next time.